Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast i am your host matthew bruning you can find me at sports fanatic mb on twitter i'll be joined by my usual thursday crew mr matthew fox who you can follow at nighthawk 7734 and mr tony dyer who you can follow at commissioner mr we are proud to be a part of the Music City Drive-In website and the Drive-In Podcast Network. You can find us, movies, music, and pop culture podcast, all there at the Drive-In Podcast Network. You can find all of us on musiccitydrivein.com. We have a Discord channel link. You can jump in uh, from the website. It's got all of our rankings in there, all of us in there talking football all 24-7. It's awesome. Jump in there. Have a lot of fun. Uh, just enough time possibly to get in there and jump in the pigskin. Pick them. You can win yourself a free NFL jersey. For today's episode, me, Matt, and Tony will be going over the recent NFL news and injuries, contract talks, and then, of course, we will break down the Thursday night football game between the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. NFL football is back, baby. We are ready to go. Opening night, opening night kickoff. We cannot wait. All right, and we are live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We've got Matt Fox and Tony with us today. It is the official kickoff of the NFL tonight. We we have made it, boys. It seemed a little murky there for a while. One quite sure this was going to happen, but we are here. I cannot see any way that game is not played now at this point tonight. I am excited to have NFL football back in my life. How are you two gentlemen doing on this Thursday? 
Oh, wait. I thought the season got canceled. I, no, I, <laughs> the Broncos I, did. The Broncos did call in. They are canceling their season, but uh, everybody else is playing. I, I'm doing great. I was not so worried about the NFL. I'm looking at my phone because I'm trying to get a tweet here. My fiance sent me a Garrett Price tweet. Uh-huh. Apparently, Price just tweeted uh, as a snippet from maybe the NFL app. I'm not sure. Maybe ESPN. The Saints are still talking to a Louisiana government about whether or not they're going to be able to have the game on Sunday. Wow. Like, apparently this is something we haven't ironed out yet. So I'm fully confident they're going to make, make it work. Um, I think it's the same state that allowed like the mega church pastor to just have 20,000 people in March. So I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll let it happen. Is that why they waited until three days before the game though, Matt? I mean, come on. Well, know. you know, everything in 2020 has to be messed up. Nothing can go off without a hitch. As, as Matt's learning today over the past two days with his Broncos, there seems to have to be an issue with everything here. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the issues, what the issues are, but I don't, is it, um, no, yeah, I guess it, it, the, the storms and everything. I was trying to think of maybe it had something to do. I know, I mean, obviously me being here in Texas, we've got hit pretty bad recently with a lot of the storms. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think if maybe that had something to do hit. with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that had it, something to do with it. That that's probably more likely. I forgot the Louisiana coast took two hurricanes, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I know we got. I mean, I didn't because I'm more like in the mid central kind of upper part of Texas. But I know people I know who live like Houston there and everything got hit pretty bad recently. So I didn't know if maybe that has something to do with it. again. It's been probably about a week since all that stuff's calmed down, but. I have no doubt that that we're going to have a season, but we've got a bunch of news that's happened over the past couple of days. So before we jump in and preview tonight's game, it'll be a, kind of a quick episode for us today. Uh, we've A couple of us have some stuff going on, so we're going to kind of run through this stuff. But some of the news and notes here, I guess we'll just double up on the Broncos injuries. We had Von Miller's on here to begin with. Uh, you know, how for I guess Matt, I'll just go right to you. I think I don't know, Tony. Did you did you have the Broncos making the playoffs this year? Do you know? No, they're they're a team that I would consider since there's two extra teams going into the playoffs this year. Yeah. They're a team that that could have snuck in. I'm a little bit worried now, and and I'll let you lead the way on that. But yeah, the, it was just one of those things where it wouldn't have shocked me. So Matt, what what do you think? Obviously, you are our resident Broncos fan. Uh, we'll start with the Von Miller one since that happened first. Obviously, he is done for sure for the season. It looks like, uh, and then obviously touch on. Cortland Sutton's as well. We I haven't seen anything. It hasn't been confirmed what it is, right? It's just he's going no. to the MRI. Yeah, so Cliss, uh, who I read some of his tweets, he's one of the Broncos media people, said Sutton was reaching out to make a one-handed catch and landed on his shoulder, and immediately they picked him up and took him to the locker room. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that could be sprain, bruise, dislocation. Uh, you know, none of that is good. It was a – Super bummer uh, hearing about Von Miller. You know, it was, uh, we were really looking forward to getting Miller and Chubb back together. You know, they played really great during Chubb's rookie season as he kind of got going, but Shaq Barrett was also part of that team. So they were kind of rotating in. Last year was supposed to be, hey, these two guys in the Vic Fangio system, and then Chubb tore his ACL early in the season, didn't get that. And then it was like, hey, they're coming back, they're ready to go. Broncos have a lot of interesting defensive players. Um, you know, they lost a lot of experience, guys who had experience on the team. Chris Harris left via free agency. Todd Davis was released. I was excited about what they were going to do. Uh, I was bummed about Vaughn, but I still thought that that, you know, that 
you know, maybe they'll be able to put something together. They still have some talent. They still have really talented defensive coaches. I would be more concerned if they lost Vaughn and Cortland Sutton because, you know, nothing is going to hamper being able to get that offense going and being able to get Drew Locke to his full potential, like him having to roll out there. You know, uh, Hamler is injured, not likely to play. So you're talking about, Jerry Judy getting his first ever NFL snaps and Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton going against a not too shabby Tennessee defense and Mike Rabel, uh, you know, Denver already dealing with having kind of replacement right tackle after Jawan James opted out. So puts a lot of pressure. Melvin Gordon's nicked up, uh, you know, just puts a lot of pressure on, you know, what they're going to look like. And they won't – Denver had already announced they won't allow fans for game one, yeah. so they'll be playing at home, but it's going to be an empty stadium and a big – you know, they have a little bit of an advantage, especially that first game as people are working into game conditioning because playing at altitude, fortunately, Denver's players practice here and they run everything here. They ran their scrimmages here. So for Tennessee, it'll be a little bit of a challenge, I would think, trying to adjust to getting into game shape after having no – no game reps and being at altitude, which always takes a toll on visiting teams. So that'll give them a little bit of an advantage, but it's hard to lose two of your pot. I would say probably their two best players, best offensive player, best defensive player going into the first game of the season. Yeah, that's the truth, but I wouldn't be too far down on it. I mean, Jerry Judy was probably the most NFL ready wide receiver in the draft. I mean, the, that kid could could very well show up, I, and I, I hope that what we find out with Cortland Sutton is that it's a bruise and that it's a week or two weeks. I hope that we don't find there's anything major there. Uh, selfish reasons, too. I mean, I got a lot of Cortland Sutton in fantasy, but besides the fact it's great to watch him, it's great to watch Cortland Sutton play, it wouldn't shock me at all if Jerry Judy stepped right into that role and just took over it. I mean, I, I think Cortland Sutton will always have a home there. I'm, I'm not trying to say that Jerry Judy would, would push Sutton out of his job, but – Sutton could be the could be a the band-aid of all band-aids. I mean, he 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 really could make this work. And yeah, uh, we were seeing reports of uh, Mark Mark Ingram, not Mark Ingram, Melvin Gordon uh, struggling with the altitude. That's kind of what what they're talking about. And but, he got injured. But Philip Lindsay is still there, and and Philip yep. Lindsay can pick up right right where. I mean, worst case scenario, they have Philip Lindsay like they had have Philip Lindsay last year. I mean, is yeah. that too much? Is that too much to ask? I, I don't. Well, think and I think Fant's ready to step up. They have, you yeah. know, Jake, Jake Butt has looked good as potential weapon. Albert uh, O has looked good as potential weapon. They could run more tight end sets. I just. You know, Sutton and Locke have been really in a groove. Sutton's been dominating all training yeah. camp. They got to play together for five games last year. He's kind of the veteran in the group. You know, it's weird to think of all of Denver's skill position players. Cortland Sutton is the guy who has been there and been the starter the longest going into his third season. I mean, they really have done kind of this youth movement, and it it's just a bummer. You know, I'm, I was most looking forward to the potential. I was really sad about Bond, but it's a yeah. real blow if – you know, offensively, it's not Tennessee's a good team, so it's not a cake matchup to go yeah. into. It's not a soft opening. Yeah, that's true. Well, and don't forget about Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, my friend. He, I, he, like, he, I like Tim Patrick, I, but I, I mean, he almost won me a, my third fantasy championship in a row. Had fucking Case Keenum not knowing how to throw a football, you know, I, I would have been. I would love Tim Patrick even more. But yeah, I, I still have hope for him. I think my biggest. I, I do think Cortland Sutton's going to be fine. It almost sounds like the Mike Williams and Jalen Rager 
injuries as well with the shoulder. And we've seen Mike Williams is kind of given that five week timetable. Jalen Rager, they're saying is probably going to play by week two. That is, he was, I think, a full go in practice today from what I saw. But they've already said they're going to hold him out from week one just to be on the safe side. So hopefully it's just something minor. It's a couple weeks and he can come back. We've seen players dominate with shoulder injuries, and I have no doubt that Cortland Sutton can do that. Uh, I think for me, it's what you said to begin with, with Vaughn Miller that kind of sucks the most. Not not being able to see him and Chubb together on that defensive line kind of pressure. That's why I had picked them to win so many games. Because if you go in and look at teams like when they play Tampa Bay, New Orleans, like for me, those are winnable games because of the pressure that Chubb and Vaughn Miller could get on the quarterbacks that are going to force them to pass the balls. Those guys are not mobile at all. So those were kind of what – helped tilt games, in my opinion, toward their favor. And so losing one of those, you know, I, I had faith that Vaughn Miller could still put pressure on the quarterback without having Chubb on the other side. Can Chubb do that? Can he step up and kind of be that force that Miller was? I don't know. And so all of that I, aside, all of that aside, everybody likes Vaughn Miller. I mean, he yeah. just he's a personality that we wanted to lead the NFL right now. With everything going on in the world, we wanted Vaughn. I mean, I wanted Vaughn Miller to be a part of that. I, I, I just I just really do. Well, and part of the issue, too, is uh, they knew going into the season, uh, Chubb coming off of ACL, is was they were planning to have him on a snap count. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in the early going. So that makes it probably a little bit more more brutal. But we'll see. You know, I'm I'm still excited. I didn't have high huge expectations. I thought they could be a 9-7 and seven team. And I think with a little better luck last year for all the things they did poorly, they could have been 9-7 and seven if you get – calls go the other way like that particularly that game against chicago yeah where they kind of got the extra time so yeah it's definitely possible um outside of that some more news to talk about hopkins so after the after the deal where hopkins goes to arizona from houston and, and i still don't understand that by the way i guess we can that's not exactly the news right now so i could probably talk about that trade for the rest of my life all I know is David Johnson better show out tonight. He, I'm, I put him in. I put <laughs> him in because of it. Yeah, it's never going to go away. I normally would never have done it, but I was like, you know what? He better show up tonight. But anyway, Hopkins. So Hopkins got what he wanted. He got a new deal in Arizona. Matt, what, uh, Brewing. Am I? How do you say your last name, by the way? Bruning. Brew like Bruning. 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 Yeah. Matt. That's right. Hey, I've, I've been the, called worse. So. Give us the the contract situation, please. With Hopkins. so he's got uh, he got a two year extension, fifty four point five million dollars. So he gets technically a five year. He's still under contract for five years, although the last year can be uh, voided out by the team. So that'll be interesting. That'll put him into his thirties. I, I still think Hopkins is going to be a stud going into that late into his 30s. So I'm not worried about that. But I did think it was interesting and no trade clause as well. So for the most part, he's oh, going to be in that. Arizona. Yeah, he. He's wow. going to be in Arizona, I would assume, at least the next five years, unless he decides he wants to get out of there. They cannot move him. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. I did like the fact that he kind of – we've seen this a lot too with players lately. They've been negotiating their own deals. I kind of like that. I, th- I think that's kind of cool, especially on his part. You know, if you just look at the – doesn't have to pay an agent the 3 or 5% fee, whatever it is. So he gets all that money. I think it's a great deal for both sides. I mean, they've had a guy like Larry Fitzgerald there 
obviously his whole career, which I, I, I love players who can stay with teams their whole career. I think that's kind of cool. Now you get Hopkins coming in there. He's going to be there, I would think, for the next five years. You give him and Kyler Murray kind of that pair together. So I think Kyler's going to be the starter there. For the, I believe in Kyler. I know Dennis – I don't – Matt, are you you believer in Kyler? I know Dennis is kind of still on the fence about Kyler. He's not quite as, as uh, I guess, a believer in him as, as I am at least. I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a good – future what i'm not completely sold on is whether the kingsbury system is going to work uh you know we need obviously he he needed some time to reshape some things i think that was going out and getting hopkins and making you know moving up from david johnson and and trying to find the right pieces is is a lot of what they've been doing Um, but i thought they offense to me wasn't their offensive skill position players wasn't their biggest problem last year. They still, I'm not sure have answered all the questions about the offensive line or their defense. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with you on that. I mean, I I was definitely higher on Arizona than I think you two were when we did our our team predictions, but I think just pairing Hopkins and Murray together, because I'm not as big a believer in Christian Kirk either. I'm kind of, I'm not really sure what I, I would love to see him play a full season this year to kind of get a better idea of what I think Christian Kirk can be. But I think pairing Murray and Hopkins together for at least the next five years is a great move by Arizona. You give him a, a stud wide receiver that we saw quarterbacks that I think probably had 5% of Murray's talent throwing him the ball and what Hopkins could still do with it. So giving him a, yeah. an accurate quarterback like Murray, who I don't think is quite Deshaun Watson, but maybe could get to that point. If the team continues to build around him and, and has a good offensive plan around him, I think he could get to Watson's ability, I guess. Uh, so I think pairing those two together is good. What, what about you, Tony? Do you like the pairing? Do you think it's a good deal? Yeah, I think it makes sense. The, it, it is crowded. I mean, I think it's a really, really crowded situation. But I'm saying that because I'm fantasy-focused. NFL, I mean, it's ex- that's exactly what you need. They, they can look away from the wide receiver position for quite some time now. And whether you like Kirk or not, He's a young guy that's 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 learning from one of the greatest wide receivers of all time in Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he he's had some time there to learn some stuff. And and I think that he's going to be a suitable wide receiver even though he may not be electric, he'll be reliable. So yeah, I think the pairing makes sense for the team. It makes great sense for Kyler Murray. Now, you want to talk about a security blanket? I mean, yeah. there's an I mean, between Hopkins and Fitzgerald, how many drops have they had in the last 10 years? I mean, I know Hopkins had like two last year, and that was like earth shattering. Because I think that I remember we had on, um, man, I can't remember. I forgot. I can't believe I just forgot his name. Oh, help me out here, Matt. Consistency God. Why am I forgetting Bob Lung? Bob Lung. Lung. Yeah, we had him on. We've had him on the past two summers talking about whenever he releases his consistency God, talking about it. And the two years prior to that, we kept talking about how Hopkins was the only wide receiver since Antonio Brown was doing his thing that came in with like a 99% consistency rating because he hadn't dropped any balls. And then I know he dropped some last year just cause I own him on so many teams. And I was like, Holy shit, he actually dropped the ball. Like that's amazing. So uh, yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal. And and like I said, I, it's not even like Kyler Murray is, is Mitchell Trubisky out there who's just kind of throwing the ball all over the place. He's a very accurate quarterback. So he's going to be able to get the ball to where Hopkins needs it. I, I agree. It's, it's going to be, I think fun for, for both those guys and Arizona fans have something to, to kind of cheer about here after having a, a bad team for the past couple of years, I yeah. guess since really Palmer yeah. left. 
All right, so we had another deal. This one was a little bit more confusing to me, maybe because I have so many shares of Nick Chubb, but uh, Kareem Hunt gets a two-year extension with the Cleveland Browns. It is uh, for $13.5 million, $8.5 guaranteed. I will say from the Brown side, I really understand it. They were number two, I think, in cap room before the deal. I think they dropped to number four. Like they didn't, they still have 30 something, or I think maybe it's 20 something now because the 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 13 million, but they had 32 million in cap room before the the hunt deal, I believe. So still have a ton of cap room. It makes sense for the Brown side. If anything happens to Chubb, you still have the top running back in in Hunt. As Tony mentioned, I'm going to kind of steal that there. I am more fantasy-focused than NFL-focused. So for me, that sucks, obviously, as someone who owns Chubb in so many leagues. Because I do think now that hurts him even more because I think they're really showing they want to build around a two-headed monster in Chubb and Hunt, which means I, I still wouldn't lower Chubb much, but I think looking at it, he'd probably drop another two to three, four, maybe four spots in my rankings overall at running back just because I think Hunt is really going to get more work. And I think this does raise Hunt's value a little bit more as well because he's solidified and now, hey, he's going to be there with Cleveland for the next three seasons. He's there this year and two more years. So that, that's a big deal for him as well. What are your guys' kind of takeaways from the, from the Hunt and uh, Cleveland Browns deal? I'd say for me, you know, when we were first thinking about it, this was brought up uh, in some of the conversation on the Discord. It's almost a blow to both of them because a lot of people that had Hunt thought, hey, if he can have a good year this year, then he can parlay that into something like what he was when he was with Kansas City next year. Uh, You know, and people traded for him thinking that was a possibility or were holding him thinking they were going to be able to trade for that. I think that it sort of puts a cap on the ceiling of both of them. You know, they're still both going to be good. I still think Chubb could end up leading the league in actual rush yards. I still think he can be a running back one. I still think Hunt's going to be a good contributor, but it probably puts a little bit of the upper end cap on both of them. And I get the same feeling, but I'm not so quick to say that this kills the talk of a trade. This is a very tradable contract. Yes, I was very tradable contract. Uh, and I'm worried. Yes, I'm worried. I just finally came around on drafting Nick Chubb for the first time this season in redraft leagues. And I'm typically a little bit late on those running backs. I just have always been a little late. That's why. Maybe it's my fault. Finally came around on drafting. Finally came around on it. And I and I and I just kept going back to, you know, when when Cream Hunt. We know those stats from last year. I mean, I think Cream Hunt was a top 13 or 14 back when he returned. Um and Nick Chubb still was just one game away from being the NFL's rushing leader, despite having Hunt starting to chew into his volume for a significant portion of the season. Uh, I can see them coexisting together, but I'm not ready to freak out. I mean, this is, I'm buying Nick Chubb. I'm going to go out in dynasty leagues and try to get Nick Chubb from people who are afraid of him because I do think that the Cream Hunt deal is tradable. There's going to be a lot of free agents next year who are going to ask for a lot more money than $8 million a year. And, and I think that they're going to look around. They're like, well, hey, this, this guy screwed up a long time ago. He's going to be on his P's and Q's, and, and he's pretty affordable and honestly one of the better talents in football. So I, I think it's – Yeah, but by the same token, if, if the Browns have the kind of successful year that I think we all think they're going to have and you have your own guy that's, that's already on your team at that affordable rate and you've seen how successful you can be uh, as an offense, they're trying to win football games. They're not thinking about fantasy football. No, I, and I, I think for them, they see it as a great investment. Also, 
injuries are a super reality yeah. of football, especially at the running back position. They probably are looking at it like, hey, if Chubb went out, we have a guy that's shown before that he could carry a full load too. No, and we don't even have to go look for anyone because you see these devastating injuries that just wipe people out all the time. What are you doing? What are you doing? They can see you. Look, yeah. he's excited he's about the game too. We're all excited. Uh, he's excited yeah, about the fruit snacks. He could care too. He could not care at all about football. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so I do somewhat agree with Tony. That did cross my mind about the trade thing. I don't think it'll happen this year, though. No. I think what you were saying, Matt. I think that Andrew Barry seems to be a very smart GM. He, I love Dorsey. Obviously, Matt, you know that we we had many talks about how much I like Dorsey, and I do think that Barry is proven, in my opinion, to be even better. And it's not easy for me to say because I haven't we haven't even seen that much, but from the way he's handled the offseason, I've really enjoyed what he's done with this team. He's really come in and like, hey. How do you want this team to work for you, Kevin Stefanski? And then built it around the offense that he wants to run, which is why I do understand the Kareem Hunt signing. I wouldn't be surprised if they do see some success this year, if maybe it's something they end up doing next year, because they'll still have two years left on his deal, very affordable. But I also think it might be some insurance for Chubb. Chubb is up, I think, at the end of next season on a contract, and if they can't find a possible deal with that, you still have Kareem Hunt extremely cheap at that point. And then you know, hey, we got to get a running back in that next draft. So I obviously don't hope that happens. I, I have said many a times that I, w- I hope they build this core around Baker, Garrett, Chubb, and Ward. Those were kind of the guys that I would build around and then and put pieces in. Obviously, I, I hope Jedrick Wills works out and they can build around him as well. But those are kind of like the four key guys that I would love for them to build around. Uh, but I, I I do think that the Hunt deal is maybe some insurance on that as well. It's like, hey, if we can't find a way to get Chubb, a Chubb deal done, we've got a guy here that will be here after Chubb leaves on a cheap deal because I do think Chubb's going to de- – he deserves more money now, in my opinion, than one Hunt, what Hunt got. And if he ends up leading the league and rushing like I said I think he would earlier in the year, if he ends up doing that, he's going to – command more money and i do think a team will pay for him but i think that also goes back to something we talked about it may have been even on monday's podcast how it just seems like the running back position all all together has really been devalued so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out you know i I still stand by my point that i still think chubb can end up being an rb1 just because of his rushing ability alone i do think he's one of the best pure runners in the game and in the nfl right now and if that offensive line holds up the way i think it can uh, i think he's going to give you enough points just rushing the ball that he'll be a serviceable back but i I think it does hurt him a little bit knowing that he's not going to get i would say i mean i'd hate to even put a cap on it but maybe maybe 20 catches in the season. Like I, I just, I don't see him getting much receiving work now with hunt being for sure locked up and then building around him. Uh, let's see here. A couple more news things, just two injury stuff. I wanted to talk about, or I'll go with David Montgomery first. I don't know if you guys saw this. I didn't put it on the show sheet because it just literally came out. He was full go in, in, in practice today. So that kind of goes, yeah, that kind of goes to, I'm glad I re-added him to the ranks yesterday. <laughs> Tariq Cohen, uh, well, Tariq Cohen had actually came out and said something about that yesterday, that he said Montgomery's injury is not as bad as the media made it out to be. Like, he's looked fine in practice. Well, thank and then, God he just slipped while he was, like, stretching. So, yeah. I mean, that would be the worst way to, to yeah. miss game. For the sake so, of nostalgia, today I did listen to an ESPN podcast with Matthew Barry. If you know yeah, what I'm talking about, yes, it was, it's fun. It's the first day of the season. I mean, I wanted, yeah, to, I, like I wanted to go back and and get to. Hey, I've been watching it. the videos off ESPN Plus. There's no and, TV on at night. 
And they indicated that there was a little bit of inside scoop there that it maybe might not be that serious. Yeah. So, yeah, but they, they just, I saw uh, something just came across Twitter right then that he's, he was full go in practice today. So I think if you've got Montgomery, no need to worry about him this weekend. I think that's a good well, matchup against the Chargers. kind of figure that there there might be a chance that that they felt that you know if they thought he seriously thought there was a good chance he was going to miss. Yeah, I think they would have grabbed somebody. No, maybe not IR, but I think they would have grabbed a veteran from cutdowns. You wouldn't just roll with Tariq Cohen and Ryan. Oh, they, got, they got Ryan Null, man. What are you talking about? Again, right. it's not, you're okay. not just throwing them. They're not the Jaguars. They're not trying to adapt. Uh, that's that's that we debatable. Know of, that's that we debatable. But uh, so I did just want to throw that out there for anybody who who's watching this or hears this later. Looks like Montgomery will be good to go. It's great news for us. Well, me, Matt, and Dennis will be back tomorrow breaking down the entire Sunday slate. So we'll obviously be able to talk more about that. Uh, I'll have to move him up my ranks. I think I had him. I wasn't expecting him to play. So I had yeah. him kind of low in mind right now. Uh, Daniil Hunter to the IR. I think that hurts uh, hurts the Vikings defense a little bit there. Again, he's only going to miss three games. The new IR rule is they are only out for – or you can keep them off for three games, although I don't know if you guys knew this. I just found out about this actually, Tony. was listening to the same thing. I, every once in a while I just fire it up when I don't have anything going on, uh, and I actually fired up the the fantasy – what is it? Fantasy focus, right? I don't want to yeah, call it the right. I almost said the fantasy roundtable. Uh, fantasy focus, and uh, – I think it was Field Yates was on there talking about that. If they bring somebody back and they don't practice within 24 or not 24, I think it's 72 hours or something like that. No, no, it's days. It's many, many days. It's 21. He he stuttered. That's where it got me to. He said like 21 hours and he's like, well, 21 days. The normal, the normal time period where you would have to, what did you go ahead? Keep them on the active roster. Well, I was just going to, from what I'm going to reiterate what he said in case you guys don't listen to that podcast. If they, if, if NFL teams bring somebody back from IR after the three days, they're, they're going to be healthy to play because if they don't hold them, they have to cut them. Where in the past, in previous seasons, you could just put them back on IR and end their season. Everything would be fine. You cannot do that this year. So if you don't do, if you don't, if you bring them back too early, you end up having to actually cut the player. And I don't think, teams want to do that so players like the neil hunter damian harris those guys that have gone on there that are key i think to their teams if they come back expect them to be able to play i just bring up to neil hunter for all those people who play idp i honestly don't know how good he is i, oh. I go more for linebackers than defensive and defensive usually line. in the past guys that were on ir you start having them practice before you pull them off like i know last yeah. year with Locke, he was practicing for a few weeks and there was big questions about which week is he going to get activated gotcha. uh, to play. i'm really 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 glad you brought that up matt because when i heard Field Yates saying that today, I realized I inadvertently did the same thing. Did did this yesterday. I'm in a league. It was an eight team league, which I don't do a lot of, but it was a free league, last minute thing. Anyway, doesn't matter. I dropped my kicker to pick up Damian Harris to put Damian Harris on injured reserve to pick another right. kicker up. And now that I and I didn't realize that then that he may only be out three weeks. So. I would implore people to take advantage just like Bill Belichick is doing with he's not rostering a kicker on his 53 man roster. Cause he doesn't have to, I mean, let's use these rules to your advantage. You just have to be aware of them. Roll, roll the IR, keep moving it, churn that through. Don't, don't put, also, don't play in leagues with kickers. Don't play. Well, no. don't play in leagues with a kicker. Eight team league, man. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a kicker. I agree with you, Matt, <laughs> but 
as I've mentioned before, some of us play in leagues with dinosaurs that refuse to change their rules. And it's just, know. you know, it, you know, I'm not going to hate anybody who does it. I prefer not to, but it is what it is. But I'm right there with you, Tony. There's actually a couple drafts that I did this year. A couple, I added a couple redrafts late, unfortunately, because I can't say no to anybody. I can't say no ever. Yeah, and uh, I did the same oh, thing. My last pick. Number. What's the number now? I'm only at 50. I'm still at 50. I, it hasn't gone up anymore. I'm just talking about those last two that I added. So, But uh, they had IR. They have IR spots in them, and so I did the same thing. I picked up Damian Harris was one of my last spots. I was like, all right, I'm not even going to worry about drafting a kicker or d- what defense was one of them. I was like, I'm not just going to draft one. I'm just going to ha- keep Damian Harris as my last pick, and then when a waivers won't open up, drop them to my IR, pick up a defense, and I'll be good to go. So I'm with you. Pay attention to the rules and use them to your advantage. So let's – oh, last one. I just want to touch on this because he's a former Buckeye, and I thought – I hate the Steelers, but he was one of the best linebackers I thought that played, uh, was a phenomenal Steelers uh, defensive man. That's Ryan Shazier. He announced his retirement uh, yesterday, I believe, on Facebook. Uh, obviously, if you guys don't remember, it was, what, th- four years ago now, I think? Five years ago, maybe? It was four seasons ago. Uh, where he had that hit on, I think it was on a Monday night football game, uh, injured his bag. There was a lot of talk that he may never walk again. Obviously, he's been able to walk. He was kept fighting to try and get back. I'm gonna, not going to lie. I'm kind of glad he didn't because it looked like one of those things where he could have hurt himself more. Uh, no, obviously, I, I imagine that it was not easy for him to come to the decision of retirement. When you're a competitor like that, that's all you want to do. But uh, it was cool, to, I guess, to see him be able to step away, I guess, on his own terms. And I also want to say – I, I don't do this often. Much props to the Steelers organization as well, because if you guys don't know this, they actually kept him on their payroll and everything. We're paying his contract and everything so he could keep getting his medical stuff covered throughout that entire thing, which not all organizations do. There are some that don't do stuff like that. Like the Bengals did it a couple of years ago with uh, with Devin Stills when his daughter was diagnosed with cancer. They kept him on their practice squad so that he could continue using the medical benefits for his daughter. I think it was Leah Stills, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, so I, I much props to teams that do that because not a lot – I know not all teams do that. So for them to keep Ryan Shazier on there knowing or probably thinking that he was never going to be able to play again and still paying him millions of dollars, while granted those guys make millions upon billions of dollars of the yeah. owners, it's still – you know. That's I don't want to say throwing money away, but that's not always an easy decision to make. And I do think the Steelers organization alone, I hear, again, because my wife is a huge Steelers fan, so I do pay attention to them also being my hated rival, is that they, they've always been known to be a very classy organization. So I, I, I do like to give them props on that. While I hate their team on the field, their front office and the way they handle everything is very classy. I thought that was a really cool thing just to tie the whole story together. Shazier's injury was December of 2017, so it's been it was three seasons ago. It feels like yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it feels like yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a horrible thing to see, but I mean, hey, I'm I'm glad that he's at least healthy and and able to do the things he is now, and and being able to retire. I think I don't know if he played long enough. I I think he would have been a Hall of Fame player. I don't think he played long enough to make it into the Hall of Fame, so that kind of sucks. But I mean, it's it's I guess cool that he's. I'm with you. The biggest win is that he appears to be back yeah. to at least being able to enjoy somewhat of a quality of life. Because when you're talking about those spinal injuries, I mean, that can be setting football aside. That can be devastating for a lot of reasons. And it's been, you know, I think it was last season they had him 
at a game, you know, and had him yeah. walk out onto the field. That was an incredibly emotional moment just to see that him get back. I think he was a guy that, you know, you listen to his teammates talk about him and it was impossible not to pull for, for him to regard this how you feel about the Steelers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I remember just watching that in general and just being like, I remember cause I, I followed the whole thing again. I'm uh, him being a Buckeye. I rooted for him, even though he went to the Steelers, I, I'll root for JK, even though he's on the Ratbirds. and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, just seeing like what it was like for him after that injury happened and then being able, like you said, Matt, to watch him walk out on the field, very powerful moment to see that he's actually able to do some working out and everything now. I mean, it's just the amazing. rat birds. I can't, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, like, yeah. would, would you have to take a week off because of joy if they managed to trade Hunt for J.K. Dobbins? Uh, I would die a happy man. <laughs> I would have to. I've already actually written up my will and left instructions to you guys on how to handle this podcast if you know something like that were to ever happen. If a Terry McLaurin were to come to the Browns or something like that, yeah, it would be it'd be amazing. Or if they, I shouldn't say Justin Fields because I love Baker, uh, but I would love to see Justin Fields in a Browns uniform. Hey, they can go back to the two quarterback rotating quarterback system, right? You know, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. You wouldn't be uh, rostering them for fantasy though. I would I would play him. I'd join every super flex league I could and start Baker and Fields every single week. Uh, Those would be my two quarterbacks. <laughs> we eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm gonna hit you. I'm not gonna be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. It's about to get ugly. I want to score. Yeah. You don't want to talk so much. It's time to do now. Not just a good old fashioned. So let's talk about the Thursday night game. It's going to be on here in just a couple hours. Uh, I cannot wait. Obviously, Houston versus Kansas City. Kansas City kind of getting their opening night here. The tradition the past three or five years, I think, of uh, the Super Bowl winners getting to play on Thursday night at home. Uh, Casey is being given nine points. They got the 77% chance to win this game. So for Houston's side, Deshaun Watson, I've got him at three this week. Matt, you've got him at seven. Not a huge difference. We obviously both have him in our top 10, uh, but I'm a little bit higher on him because I think they are going to be behind and behind early, and they're going to have to rely on Watson to play catch up. He's going to get a lot of points. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. I think I wish I could remember the exact stats, but I think there's been like over 600 points scored by these two teams the past couple times they've played each other. While Watson has not thrown a lot of touchdowns, he's thrown for an average of like 296 yards in each of the games. Uh, so why are you just a little bit lower on Watson? Not Obviously not much. It's just four spots, but kind of your thoughts on Watson in the game tonight. Well, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. The last They played twice last year, um, both times in Kansas City. During the regular season, uh, Houston was able to get that win 31-24, which was a big part of their kind of – making a push to the playoffs. And that was kind of one of the last losses Kansas city had before they went on kind of an epic run to close the season playoff game. They came out, rolled out 21 Oh first quarter, 24 lead and ended up losing 51 31. I think my biggest hope is that this game is, is a lot more enjoyable than last year's season opener. The oh. 10, 10, three abomination. I paid for that game. I went to that game. I drove there. Yeah. I got a hotel. I paid for that game. Oh yeah. man. That was bad. But I, I like Watson. 
I I was listening to the Texans beat writer on NFL radio driving in this morning because, you know, thank God we actually had a game to listen to as I was driving in. Couldn't see more than a quarter mile in front of me because Colorado is just trying to kill us. But <laughs> but it was it was a joy. He was super high on that. The, the Texans receivers thinks they're going to be better than they were last year. I'm less bullish. So that's why. You know, they still don't have an incredible offensive line. I actually think they may try to run the ball more to both milk the clock down uh, and to protect Watson a little bit. Cooks, I, I, I'm i going to say he plays. I think he will play. But he's banged up. You know, Will Fuller's there. Stills, Cobb, those guys haven't had a lot of time to play to. They, you know, they, several of those guys haven't played at all together snaps on the field. And Kansas City has a pretty decent defense, a pretty decent pass rush. I mean, they really invested in Chris Jones this offseason. So I like Watson. I'm as a QB1. I just didn't elevate him quite to the same heights because I think if Houston wants to stay in this game, they have to milk it down a little bit. They have to try to take a different approach. And what is that passing game going to look like? There's going to be an adjustment without DeAndre Hopkins, I, you know, you can say you like the depth of their core. They don't have a DeAndre Hopkins, you know, so they don't have that bona fide, you know, we saw some of the catches Hopkins made when, you know, Watson was running for his life and just airmailed it up there and he would go pull it down and come down. I don't have as much faith that that's a Brandon Cooks or a Randall Cobb function. Tony, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the middle of you. I think that Fox has the floor, right? And I think that, you have the ceiling about right. I have about four or five. Um, I didn't go through and ra- is this week one? Is that where you had this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't go through yeah. and, and rank week one. Um, and I, there would be there are going to be a couple of guys I think that outperform Watson, but I mean the, the the schedule makers did the Texans no favors when they're in a division. All of a sudden, the the Colts are super competitive again. The Titans they're not that different than they were last year. I mean. The Texans have to keep up. I mean, they've got to fight to win. And the, the first show is the, the defending Super Bowl champions, which, by the way, scored like 50 to zero on you in three quarters or two quarters of football just six months ago. I mean, they, they, they got no breaks here. Watson's going to have to put the team on his back. Cooks is hurt. You're right, Fox. He doesn't have Hopkins anymore. Um, I think this is going to be David Johnson and – Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to run the shit out of the football and it'll be a little dink and dunk here. We're going to see Kenny Stills in a way we haven't seen Kenny Stills in a long time. I mean, there's going to be, I, I do like the depth of it. Like you said, I, I'm the guy that's going to say I like the depth so much, but I have to acknowledge that you're right. There's no, there's no football magnet there like DeAndre Hopkins was. And so I can't pretend that, 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 that that's not an issue. I think that Watson's going to make up for it because he has to. I mean, he just yeah. absolutely he just got paid the money. If he didn't want to hear about it, he's going to have to step up and and injury be damned. I mean, he's going to go win that football game. That's what he's going to try to do. I don't well, think he will. Kansas City, unlike a lot of teams, actually gets to open with fans. Now they're not going to have a full thing, but you know, Arrowhead. Let's not forget has traditionally been wildest good home field yeah. advantage. And they've been given sixteen thousand. I didn't see anybody else with that many fans. That's still that's still It's going to be a terribly sloppy game too. They're projecting yeah rain, rain, and in the forties. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's, and I think it's home it's team. What they were saying, yeah, yeah, well, they're and, the same system we are. And let me tell you, I haven't yeah. seen the sunshine in three days. 
Yeah. Well, I will say this too, Tony, on the schedule part, not only did they get screwed tonight, have you seen like their first six games? No. Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, then they get Jacksonville, only to get the Titans and then the Packers. So they did not get any favors whatsoever. I feel a lot better about my Colts. I'll just say that. Yeah. Trial by combat. All right, so on to the running backs. Is Matt, you mentioned that you think that they're going to run the ball more. Same thing. We were kind of in lockstep here with David Johnson. You have him at 20. I have him at 24. So we both have him as an RB2. Mostly for me is just because you just mentioned it earlier. They have brought back almost their entire Super Bowl winning team. They invested in Chris Jones. Their defense was good last year. I think their biggest weakness is, in all honesty, their secondary, not necessarily their linebackers in their front. So I do think they'll be able to somewhat stop the ball, but I agree with, I think, what you guys were saying earlier when we were talking about the Hopkins trade. Bill O'Brien is going to do everything he can to make this trade work out, so they're going to lean on Johnson a lot unless he gets hurt. So I think he's going to get a lot of work tonight. Obviously, we have him there as an RB2. Tony, do you have him right around the RB2 range for you? I just marked him down as 15, and I feel like I'm okay. being a little conservative because you guys are – I mean, I, I, I feel way – better about him than RB24. And, and I don't you. know how good that is, but all those things that you just said, I don't want to labor on about it. But, I mean, if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, it wouldn't shock me if David Johnson was a top 12 running back this week. Yeah, the thing, too, that was hard for me when we're looking at these week one is because no one had any game reps, people are going to yeah. have to be playing themselves into game shape. It's a yeah. sloppy field. I think there's going to be more rotation. I mean, I think it's possible that each of these teams uses three and four backs, and it doesn't mean that the down-the-line guys are great for fantasy because I know you're going to want to talk about neither of us ranked Duke. But, <laughs> but well, I, 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 would, I, I think that there's going to be some mixing, and I think there's – that's – the Texans beat reporter, when he was talking about tonight, he said he wouldn't be surprised if they got eight or nine skill position players involved in the game tonight. Okay was like oh i bet you that's gonna be for the first couple of weeks of fantasy that's gonna be a, a bit of a challenge that we're seeing because they're trying to keep guys fresh and usually the defense has a little bit of an advantage over the offense at the beginning of the preseason and in some ways we have to think about with no game time reps playing against your own squad in a scrimmage does not prepare you exactly for playing on the field yeah, I think for me, just on the Duke Johnson side, the reason I didn't rank him, so uh, you know, we we go to fifty in our running back ranks for for the Discord channel. I just don't think he's going to get a lot of run tonight. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, and if they do go to a kind of a rotation thing, obviously he'll get some. And as much as I love Duke and hey, Haley, when the Browns traded him, he's not as good a runner as David Johnson is. He's more of a pass catching back. So I think David Johnson is going to get rushing and I do think some receiving work as well because I expect Tex the Houston to be down for probably most part of the game, if not the entire game. So I think he'll get work there where Duke, I think his workload will be a little bit limited. So that's kind of why I didn't rank him. I was just curious if that was why you didn't rank him or you yeah. just, yeah, okay. I didn't yeah, rank I anybody. That's my reason. Well, hey, that's all right. That's all right. You don't you don't have people uh, calling for your rankings in the oh, I know. Saying, we, we need to get you in the Discord. I, I still don't know why you haven't joined yet. We need to get you well, in there, join all the rankings, a, and it's not a protest. Here, I'll open Discord real quick. What? Did, did, let's plug it real quick. What's the Discord? How, how do I find it? Fantasy. I don't even know what is it. What did he call it again? The, it's TBD Football Chat. It's the yeah. best fantasy football chat. Chat. Yeah. D- I'll send D- you. A, D- I'll send you a link to it here again in a minute. We've got a. 
nice, nice little following in there. We, the rankings we're talking about, we do post in there. Me, Dennis, uh, Matt, obviously, and then Ricky, who does the Debbie Delight Show. We are doing weekly rankings every week. Obviously, Tony, if you want to get on that as well, you'll see each of ours separated out, and then we give you consensus as well to kind of help you guys out with your lineups. So for the wide receivers, uh, I'm interested here because you were mentioning the the call or the the beat writer for Houston earlier. I, mm-hmm. I'm honestly, if Brandon Cooks plays, I don't think I'm not starting him. I just he's been dealing with this hamstring hamstring injury for three weeks now. I just don't think he's automatically going to be okay to go out there and play against. I while the Chiefs secondary is not great, I just don't see him having a big game. So I think if you're playing Cooks, you're you're hoping for a touchdown outside of that. I don't think he does anything. What are, if you guys have cooks, are you playing him? If they say he's good to go, what are your thoughts on him? I benched him tonight. Um, <clears throat> I think you'd have to have really bad options. I mean, you'd have to be in like a rebuild dynasty or something. I mean, you'd have to, uh, if, if cooks plays and he's healthy, I love him. I mean, I absolutely yeah. love Brandon cooks. And so I don't want to be too far down on him, but it's week one. I mean, typically we don't see, we're, we're hoping for a high-scoring game tonight, but that's not what we normally get. Normally, we get games like we got last year in week one. I mean, that was a little bit extreme. I, I mean, to I'm one just that we get a game in the 20s. You know, uh, if we get a game yeah. in the 20s, we're going to get yeah. some fantasy traction. I just remember last year's opening night game. Dude, was brutal. was yeah. savage yeah. for week one. Soldier into, Field's not cheap, guys. That's an expensive first. stadium to go oh, to. I can imagine. And all those people, you know, you're rolling Montgomery, you're rolling Aaron Rodgers, you're rolling Allen Robinson. I had all of you're them. You're into the first NFL oh. Sunday. Like, I'm already in a massive hole I've lost. Yep. Um, but I Cooks, I, if you were asking me who I trust most, I think Cooks is going to play. Um, I think Fuller's probably the receiver yeah. I'd want to bet on the most. It sounds like they're going to spread the ball around, and that's what made me, you know, when I was previewing it for the site, I said, if I have to go, I would take Fuller and then Cooks in that order, but I wouldn't have anyone higher than a wide receiver three at this point because I think they actually are planning to spread the ball around and they're still trying to figure out who's going to be the guy yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i so we have fuller in our ranks i have him at 26 you have him at 32 so i have him as a high-end three you have him as a middle tier three and i do think he could easily jump that because we know the speed and the game-changing play he has all it takes is that one big play and he's made your week especially because as we've all talked about, especially with the weird offseason, I'm not expecting a lot of high-scoring games this weekend. I think it's going to be a lot of close games, not a lot of real high fantasy points. So if you get a guy who goes off like Tyreek too tonight, 60-yard touchdown bomb, that could be wide receiver one this week just based on what I think uh, yeah. the fantasy points are going to look like. There's one more player I want to ask about before we move on to Kansas City. I didn't put him on here because we did not rank him. I kind of think he could have himself a good game tonight, and that's Randall Cobb. I, I think being in the slot there, I know Kenny Stills will be on the other side of Will Fuller if Cooks doesn't play. You know, I know he just came over to this team, but he had a decent season last year with Dallas. I think that the slot corner is the weakest part of Kansas City's defense. If Cobb can get open, I wouldn't be surprised if he has himself a nice little game here tonight. I don't know if you're starting him. Unless you're in a deep league, if you're in, you know, an eight-team league like Tony, you're not starting him tonight. But oh uh, my you're... god, it's one league. I <laughs> know. Oh, but if you're in one of those where, like, you've got, like, I'm in one where you start three wide receivers and three flex spots, I wouldn't mind taking a stab at Randall Cobb tonight. I, I would again, even if Brandon Cooks plays, I'm so I don't believe in him tonight. Now, if he was fully healthy, like Tony mentioned, I wouldn't even think about it. It'd be Will Fuller Cooks all day. But I think 
if you really want to, especially if you want to have stake in the game tonight, I think Cobb could actually have a pretty decent game tonight. For Kansas. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just, I thought we were doing the round thing for me. I'm, yeah. Same thoughts, but wide receiver three. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like if he's my wide receiver three, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm not expecting him to have like a wide receiver one or even really two game, but I could see, okay. you know, okay. Yeah, I can five, see that. six catches for 40, 50 yards. I mean, right there, that alone, that's almost 11 points based on yeah. your PPR scoring. I mean, that's not bad for a wide receiver three right there. So, I mean, one of the Texan receivers is going to explode. It's we hope unless it's, unless it's 10 to three, in which case uh, none of them will. So, <laughs> and three of the Texans receivers hamstrings are going to explode. Yeah. One of that, them. That, now two of them. If cooks goes back know. on the field, cooks and okay, then it would probably. be two. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Kansas city side here, nothing really. Uh, I mean, Mahomes, me and you both have met one. I think Dennis has him as one too. So that obviously means he's going to suck tonight. Don't start him because the fact that all three of us have met one is bad news for you. Uh, I mean, I, I expect him to have a good game tonight. Uh, the interesting one is we're kind of split on CEH and Tyree Kill. Not as much on CEH as we are Tyree Kill. For for Clyde edwards Hilaire, I've got him up at nine. You've got him at 14. I put him at nine thinking I was going to be low because I think Darrell Williams is going to get some run tonight. You don't have Darrell Williams ranked, so why do you have him coming in at 14? I, I think the Chiefs are going to put up points passing the ball. Um, and so, you know, I have Hill ranked as my wide receiver three for this week and Kelsey at tight end two. I actually ranked Miko Hardman. Um, I think they're going to throw the ball. I think CH is going to have a fine game. High end running back too. I think he's gonna probably he'll lead the team in carries. I think Williams will work work in, but I, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna power run the ball against to front with JJ Watt. You can destroy the Texans secondary as somebody who had Bradley Roby on their team. <laughs> God go with you. Uh, and even the Texans beat writer this morning was uh, was trying to put it in the nicest possible terms, saying uh, that he wasn't totally confident on this second. Damn you, Ricky. I <laughs> uh, wasn't totally confident on the, uh, you know, on their secondary. And so I think for Kansas City, they're, they're going to take their shots uh, with the veterans, the guys that have been there in the season. I think CEH will have a fine debut. I don't think it's going to be an exploding debut. I mean, if he was the 14th best running back, I, I still think that's good. There are people no, that, is, that, yeah. think, that think he's going to finish top five for the season. I'm yeah, not one right. of them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Tony, you have any thoughts on CEH? I don't know. We There's been no tape. We yeah, don't know. I know. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, again, this is another situation where, honestly, I think, Matt, I think, Bruning, I think your ceiling, ceiling. that you've given yeah. him is too low. 14 is the right floor. I, I think if he was a running back two, nobody would be shocked, and your first round, first overall rookie pick would be worthwhile. I mean, if you can get, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's worth it. Well, I mean, I just think about, too, David Montgomery going into the opening last year. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, he's about to roll to a, a running back one season. Right. Watch half the game. And these guys are also trying to work themselves into shape. Yeah. The hardest thing for a, a rookie running back is pass blocking, uh, which he didn't get to do any of at a professional level right. in preseason. So right. I, there's a lot of reasons why I think he's going to get 
rotated in and out of the game because I think they're going to use all their, I think all these teams are going to use all their skilled position players, at least for the first couple of weeks, because playing 60 minutes in the NFL is not easy. And it's usually something you get to work up to. I do think he outperforms running back 14 though. I do think he does. I, I, I think he's going to be an RB one for this week. He's on the highest powered offense in football. So uh, I don't, I, Nine, I'll call him nine also, but I think I was hoping Bruning would go up to like four for the ceiling. Well, I think I just there's some other guys that have phenomenal matchups this week. So yeah. for my my thought process on CEH is I don't actually think he's going to get a lot of run tonight. I think that's going to be more Darrell. Like I would not be surprised if Darrell Williams gets more carries tonight. He knows the offense has been there longer. Tony, you just mentioned we haven't seen any tape on CEH because he's a rookie. No preseason games, no really even full padded practices either. So this is kind of his first installment into real life game. Matt, you mentioned it. The best way, you're not going to want to run these guys at J.J. Watt and everything, but you know what they're not quite as good as? The screen game. And I think that's where CEH can get involved. That's where he thrived at LSU. The one thing, and this is kind of where my ranking of, of Hill came in so much lower. So I have Hill at nine. Matt, you have him at three. I know that you don't like Bradley Roby, and understandable. He obviously wasn't that great there with Denver. But one of the things that uh, uh, he see, I can I can put it okay. Uh, we'll get your prediction here real quick, Tony, and then we'll finish up. Um, I'll finish with uh, the Bradley Roby things. He actually held to Tyreek Hill in their two matchups to just ninety yards and one touchdown in the two games that they played. To me, that's pretty damn good. Locking up a guy like Tyreek Hill like that. I mean, just ninety yards and and one touchdown. So that's maybe 45, 45 yards technically a game for a guy like Tyreek Hill to be able to stop. It. And I think it's mostly just because Bradley Roby is fast. I'm not saying he's a good corner, but he can somewhat keep up with Tyreek Hill's speed. But let me say though. When they played in the regular season, it was Hill's first game back from a massive injury. They were easing him back, and Patrick Mahomes, it was his first game back from uh-huh. his knee injury. And in the playoffs, they kicked the shit out of the Texans. Well, and had posted yeah, that's a, whole second half. Did, yeah. play, and they yeah. weren't throwing it deep, so I'm not – I watched yeah. him play – Denver plays Kansas City every year, and I watched Ty- Tyreek Hill had some incredibly epic games, destroying my my hopes and dreams. Right. Uh, so, well, yeah, I'm not okay. I'm not saying Bradley gonna Roby is gonna. My, I'm, gonna I'm not saying Bradley head. Roby is like the Tyreek Hill beat or anything, but he did in two games try to keep him in check. And, my dad yeah. asking if he'd ever yeah. played professional football before. So, uh, so Tony, I know you got to go really quick. So give us a prediction for for the game tonight. We'll get you out of here, and then me and Matt will finish up on on Kelsey Hill really quick before we get out of here. I think the Kansas City's going to win, and it's either going to be like we just talked about. Terrible, horrible, awful, <laughs> miserable game that we all waited for six fucking months for for nothing. Or nine, nine months. It's nine months. months. <laughs> I know COVID time has really made it tough. COVID time's made February, it February first of February. <laughs> or it's gonna be exactly what we expect. I don't know what it's gonna be. It's I think it's gonna yeah. be close either way. And it's and they're gonna be they're gonna go together. It's gonna be a super low scoring game, or it's gonna be exactly what we want. Either way, um, if I'm taking the spread, I'm probably not betting the spread on this game because of that, because yeah. I don't know which way it's going. The spread is like it's like nine and a half. And then yeah. Yeah. Nine and a half, and the over is fifty. I think it dropped to fifty-two this morning. I don't. Yeah, see it going yeah I did my picks against the spread. I, I picked the Texans because give it. I don't think they're the yeah. Kansas State is going to blow them out. Yeah, I, I can't do either of that, but I would pick. Um, I would pick, and I would put money on uh, Chiefs to win. Chiefs are going to win this yep. game. All right, thanks, guys. Well, I gotta get out of here. Happy enjoy the game, Tony. Enjoy the ribs. Enjoy Thank the game. You.
All right, so for for the last couple of things, so that that's kind of where my difference comes on Tyree Kill. That's why I have him a little bit lower. I just I not that again. I think Bradley Roby is going to necessarily lock him up, but I do think they are they're going to focus on taking Tyree Kill away. Tyree Kill, I, I, as much as you can, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. So that's where I kind of think Ch maybe rises up a little bit, and that's kind of where I drop Tyree Kill because I still have Kelsey really high. I think Kelsey the last couple of times they played the the Texans has just gone off. And so I, I imagine he's going to do that again tonight. Even though I, I have him at four, I still if think. If San Francisco had any wide receivers and wasn't playing Arizona, I might yeah. have put Kelsey as tight end one this week. Well, see, that's. But so Arizona put, fundamentally has never covered a tight end. Who did I put over him? I know I put. I had Andrews over him, but that's because, same thing, the Browns are just god off. Oh, Ertz, because the Philly has nobody either. So my kind of thought was. Kittle and Ertz are going to be their ones big time. And then Andrews is going up against a team that has absolutely nobody that can cover him. And that hurts me saying that as being a Browns fan, but I just don't think they're going to be able to stop him. So I, I still think Kelsey has a huge game. I have him at four. You have him at two. Again, not much of a difference. We really ha- don't have a big difference on anybody. I guess the biggest is is Tyree Kill. And I guess our reasonings and why it makes sense why you're a little bit higher on him than me. Uh, are well, you expecting- explains our difference between yeah. Him. It's him and CH. Do you think Hill's going to get them in the – I think we both think somebody is going to catch a ball that that puts them over the top. And, you know, those are probably the two best candidates. Uh, I guess – so we're both all in on – I guess on Travis Kelsey having a huge game today. Like I would not be surprised if he finishes as one. Uh, Like for me, I said I just – I went based on matchups, I think – with as powerful as this offense is, it could be, like you just said, that one big play to Tyreek, and then now you're not getting anything for Kelsey for a drive. So uh, I kind of wanted to be a little conservative and put him down at four, but I would not be surprised. Um, The same reasons that you think uh, CEH might thrive in the screen game is the same reason you should be high on Kelsey because we don't have a lot of faith in their linebacking core and their, their safeties, you know, leave something to be desired. And those are the same kind of issues you face when you face a huge tight end. All right. So prediction time for us. I did pick the chiefs to win as well. If I had to give a game score, I'm, I'm hoping it's like a 27, 21 kind of thing, maybe 27, 24, which would, would just barely miss the over. I would be under on the 50. I think the last I heard was 52, but I I can't remember. I know it's in the 50. So, but that's what I'm hoping for. Again, Maybe we're not going to get that. It is supposed to be cold and wet tonight for that. But, I mean, I won't necessarily agree with Tony. I'm going to be honest. Even if it's 10-3, to 3, I'm just glad football's back. Football's I'll enjoy back. the game. I'll enjoy the game regardless. Now, I don't want to see all Sunday's games like that. I need some good games Sunday. But for one game on tonight, just having it back, I'll be fine. If it's if, if it's 3 to nothing, I'll figure out a way to enjoy it. But what is your prediction for the game tonight? Yeah, I had the Chiefs winning too. I think, uh, you know, a lot of ceremony for these. Uh, traditionally, the Super Bowl champion who's opening at home on these games, which they've done pretty much since 2004. They took a break last year for the 100th season of the NFL. Yeah. But the the home team, you know, the Super Bowl champion has only lost a couple of times in, a, in an opener on opening night. There's just a lot of pressure and a lot of everything going on. And I think the Chiefs have a better veteran team and a core of guys who've played together. I tend to be like you. I, I'm hoping for a game in the 20s, and I think that's that's where it's going to be. Their regular season game was 31-24. Yeah. You know, I think that playoff game may be a little bit of an outlier, just the way things swung. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was one of those things that once that started going downhill, it was just kind of there, there was nothing Houston could do to fix that one. So, well, and once they jumped out to a 24 0 lead, you knew Kansas City is just going to go out there and try to sling it because yeah. you know, that's where it's going. Yeah. So uh, me, Matt, and Dennis will be back tomorrow, as I mentioned. We'll be breaking down all of the Sunday and the Monday night football games so you guys can get all that on the one podcast. You don't have to worry about catching us early on Monday. We will still touch on stuff Mondays, me and Matt will, but we'll do all of that there on uh, Friday. Uh, me and Ricky will be on here Sunday for about half an hour, maybe an hour. If you guys need help with your lineups, you can jump on, ask us questions. We will do everything we can to set you up with that. And as we mentioned many times, jump in the Discord. We've got rankings, everything in there. Hit any of us up on Twitter. You can go to the Music City Driving website. There's a link on there as well. And if you've been watching live right there in the bottom corner under me, we are partnered with Thrive Fantasy. You can use the promo code GEEK for, I believe it's $20 with a $20 deposit. Thanks for confirming that because I wasn't 100% sure I was remembering that correctly. So, yeah, $20, you get $20 deposit back with you as well. Uh, it's Daily Fantasy. It's, it's DFS. It's a, it's a great website. It's a lot of fun to use. So use that, uh, and, it, and they'll give you some money back. Use, again, promo code GEEK. And we'll hopefully you guys enjoy the game tonight, whether it's good or bad. And then me, Matt, and Dennis will be back with you guys tomorrow to break down the game and preview everything from Sunday and Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.